0: Welcome truth seekers all across the Fruited Plain. I'm your host, Kim S. Anderson, bringing you civics made simple. Hashtag we are exceptional. These are bite-sized civics lessons designed for you to take and share wherever you go. These are important times. Times that American citizens like you and me need to know how our rights came to be and the responsibilities that go along with them. Hey, hi everyone. This is Kim Anderson. What we're going to be talking about today is the ability to change, as in the ability to change the Constitution. And that process, it's not an easy process, thank goodness. Our founding fathers decided that the Constitution, you know how some people say it's a living, breathing document. Well, yes and no. But what they wanted was for us as the citizenry and the governing body to have the ability to adapt to the things that would come in the future that they could not foresee back in the 17, 1800s when the Constitution was put together. And so the wisdom that our founding fathers had was the ability to make amendments to the Constitution. Now, here's one thing that's really, really cool. And I said we're going to break down the this is going to be a three part video. So we're going to talk about the process right now of amendments and, and what has to happen for the Constitution to be amended. We're, then we're going to do um, a breakdown of the Bill of Rights, which was included in the original signing of the Constitution, the first 10 amendments. And then we're going to look at the um, 11 to 27 the 11th through the the 11th through the 27th amendments. We're going to look at those so that you will have a record of what they are, why they came to be and you know what their um, historical relevance is because you don't just willy nilly change the constitution. And as, so as I, I guess I'm going to go ahead into the lesson. Um, the founding fathers, the signers of the constitution Wanted it to adapt because could you imagine benjamin franklin seeing the internet today? Like they knew that the world would change and as much as we don't like it You know what a hundred years from now the world is going to be much different than what we see it See it as it is now. That's what I'm trying to say And so there have to be And part of the reason why you know, we're doing these civics lessons is because we want to have a documentary of the importance of civics. We want people to be able to have something to reach back to look to and understand the importance of how our country was founded, why it was unique, why it is still unique and how to hold on to it and keep it going forward. So amendments to the constitution are not done just at the drop of the hat, just because things are popular. No, it takes a lot more work than that to get uh, the Constitution amended. And let me just give you a footnote here that when we say we're amending the Constitution, we don't actually go back and change and erase the document and make changes to the original document. All of the amendments or changes are added on at the end. Now, granted, as we go through history and we go through the amendments, we'll see that some amendments replaced other amendments and made other amendments null and void. That's fine. But we do not go back and start to erase the preamble or start to erase the things in the Constitution. We leave that initial document, those articles, we leave the articles intact. And if there are changes to be made, we amend the Constitution and we put those amendments at the end. Okay, just everybody kind of knows that, but I just want to make sure that we make that clear. We don't go back and erase any part of the document. We just don't do it. We add on to the end, even though some of the amendments may make what happened previously null and void. Does that make sense? Because we want to keep the history. We want to understand the changes that were made to this amazing document that no other country has been able to replicate. They've tried, but they haven't been able to do it. I'm guessing it's because of the spirit behind the document, the the gist of why it was done. Freedom is an amazing freedom and liberty is an amazing concept. And so, um, and to allow the people to govern the government—that's another amazing concept. But we've talked about that, so you guys get that. So let's just really quickly go into the amendment process. Now, basically, it's two processes. And I don't have any water, so this is really going—I'm going to go. There's two ways that we amend the Constitution. One is that two-thirds of both houses must present an amendment for it to be changed or two-thirds i'm just making sure i got this right got my numbers right two-thirds of state legislatures must present an amendment um, forward for a constitutional amendment and or vote now for a, a change to the constitution or an amendment to be made um we have votes and we have presentation Now, for an an amendment to be presented, it only takes a quorum of those in the Senate and those in the House. Now, a quorum in the the Senate is 51 members being present, and a quorum in the House is 218 members being present. So that's all that's necessary for an amendment to the Constitution to be brought forward, but for it to be voted on and ratified and Added to the end of that amazing document, it takes a two thirds majority vote in both houses of Congress, the Senate. So that would be 66 votes in the Senate and it would be um, 287 votes in the House for an amendment to pass. Now, here's the deal. The president at that point cannot veto an amendment because Congress, the Senate plus the House, have the necessary votes to override his veto so if, if an amendment is coming forward and it's got the votes to happen the president doesn't even really get concerned get involved in it because unless it's unless it would be something really egregious because they have the votes to override his veto so if it came before him he'd go veto and they go "Great, we have the votes you're overridden it's law right so that's how the things that's how it works so The president really doesn't have any authority when it comes to that, um, because they couldn't bring it forward if they didn't have the votes. You understand, like we couldn't make the amendment possible if you didn't have the votes to do it. So. He doesn't really get involved with it, because at that point it's simply a legislative matter and the legislature and the people are saying to the legislature, this is what they want. Move this amendment forward or we hope that's what the people are saying. Right so let me just oh i got something in my eye um the second which is i don't think it's ever really been done this way normally the amendment process goes i'm sorry guys (laughs) normally the amendment process goes through the senate and it goes through the house but there is an uh, um there is a provision for the states to get directly involved um and it would be like it will be what's called a convention of states and we don't really have any constitutional guidelines to tell us how the states would come up with their constitution with their convention to put forth um an amendment process but it would have to be a convention of the states two-thirds of the states would have to say we want this to be part of the, the Constitution. We want this amendment to go forward. But what would happen usually before it ever got to the states convening individual const, I don't want to say constitutions. I'm sorry, convening individual conventions for the purpose of amending the Constitution, the Senate and the House would jump on it. Do you see what I'm saying? So, it's a it's a provision. It's, but it's a provision we haven't ever really had to use because once it got close to that the senate and the house jumped in and said okay okay we'll, we'll 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 move this forward legislatively you see what i'm saying so it's it's an option but it's an option we've never had to use as a country isn't that amazing when you think about it and so um what do i want to share with you um So if the states are putting um, sufficient pressure on the House and the Senate, usually the House and the Senate will jump on board and move forward with the necessary legislation, um, the necessary proposals to present an amendment to the Constitution. So what ends up happening or what can happen is that usually there is a time frame associated with the passing of the amendment. Now, I grew up in the 70s and the 80s. And back then um, there was an amendment that was trying to be passed called the Equal Rights Amendment. And it makes, you know, some kind of sense. But it was just sort of something that was floating floating around. ERA, ERA, the Equal Rights Amendment. They wanted to pass an amendment, but they only had a certain period of time to get the amendment passed. Now, to me, when I, as I was researching this and reading um, from this particular chapter in our um, civics lesson, they give the process for, for amendments up to seven years. Now there's nothing constitutionally that says it has to take a certain period of time. So what the legislators started to do was as they brought it forward, they would say, okay, guys, we have an amendment, we have a a proposal for an amendment. We're going to give this thing seven years, which seems astronomical to me in, 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 in these times. However, it, some and some things it did take a while so I think that that amendment the um, equal rights amendment maybe had a five or seven year span and it was in the news for quite a while obviously um, but it but in that span if they did not have the votes it simply died so they would write in the proposal we're putting forth an amendment to the Constitution that says we believe that there should be equal rights for every person and we have from now until seven years from now to get the votes for this if we do not have it this bill simply dies or this this amendment simply dies and it's not going to be voted on and i believe something similar to that is what happened with the Eagle rice amendment like they gave it a period of time they wrote it into the proposal and since it did not get voted on or did not have the votes when it came up for the the final vote it simply died and it did not become law now so they had a process that initially sometimes they would write into the um into the um, the proposed amendment itself the time frame but then they began to present it um in the proposal for it to become an amendment the time frame but there's nothing constitutionally that gives it a time frame now some things have happened very quick when when we had the i believe it was the 19th amendment but don't quote me because i'm not doing that video right now But the amendment that gave women the right to vote, I believe it was proposed in 1919 and passed in 1920. And so some amendments, they happen. They just you know what? We're not going to mess around with this thing. We're getting it done. They happen. They don't take that long. Um, And some do. They take the, the whole allotted time that that Congress gives that particular amendment or bill the ability to pass. Sometimes it takes the entire time. Sometimes it doesn't. I guess it depends on the the pressure that the people and the states are putting on that legislative body to get it done. So um, with that being said, I think that's all we're going to cover right now. I wanted to keep this kind of short and sweet because we've got two more videos coming. So we've got the Bill of Rights coming where we're going to discuss the first 10 amendments to the constitution, but they were signed at the same time as that the constitution was ratified. So we had our initial Bill of Rights, which is for the protection of individuals. I love the Bill of Rights. I love, I love, I love that um, some of our founding fathers felt so strongly about individual rights and freedoms that they included it in that first run of the Constitution. They wanted to have a strong central government, but they wanted a government that could protect the individual and the individual rights. I love, love, love that. Not everybody has that. Is probably what makes us Americans Americans is the fact that we have those those really strong principles built into the fabric of our government. And after we do the Bill of Rights, then we're going to do the 11th through the 27th Amendment. And we're going to talk about those. That might be a little bit longer video, but I do want maybe I have to break that up to you. But we want to make sure that we're, we're, we've, we've captured it so that you can come back to it and refer to it and send your friends and families to it so that they can get an understanding of their constitution so i think guys that's it thank you so much for tuning in this has been kim anderson pleased to be able to bring you these videos so stay tuned we've got a couple of juicy things coming up for you on the amendments to the constitution the bill of rights and how it it really ties in to what we're experiencing today. We've got to know these things so that we can share them with others. We can share them with our children. We can share them with our family and friends so that we'll know what we're fighting for and why. Bless you all. See you later. Bye-bye. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Civics Made Simple. This is your host, Kim S. Anderson, inviting you to visit our site, kimsanderson.me.me. For the latest and most up-to-date information on our podcast and our store, follow us at hashtag WeAreExceptional on Instagram and Twitter. God bless, and we'll see you next time.